remind me, sisters, that uh, when I was in Israel, early in the morning we'd get up, being on Abijah, you know, when I was in Israel. And then we all had to go in there at certain times. And they want to make it yanda dirmihon. The hot ain't on the yanda dirmihon. Oh, different. They put that, the bar, you know. And ah, she be yanda dirmihon. So, because we had to ride the bus, yeah. Then we had, you know, oh, oh, just for sure, we got so you had to get up early, and it's all day. You have to eat too because you don't have like 17, 11 here. I did you can't. And uh, based on that, I end up into Yashkunda stuff because you know because they they go in uh, what is it called? Uh, Euros or my God, it's slip my mind. They have their own money, and it's not the same as ours. So you really have to know what you're doing. So sometimes I don't do it because I just eat when they offer and then, you know, in the group will that can another because we have interpreters, you know, that do those things. Yeah, they have to be honest. And then they, there's some that are there that are not honest about things, they'll take you advantage of you. So I vision then I just thank you, sister, uh, Ida and your your, your kids for taking that stand. And I believe God is blessing you guys. It's awesome. I just want to say thank you for that. My, uh, my family, they did a lot too. And they, they wanted to do the best you can, you know, to feed you with other But only thing is the second service, it might be a little cold, so just go ahead and take it. <laughs> but there's a lot of fruit in it too, so well, today, yeah, I will be talking about some of the things that uh, that um, you probably never heard or really understood these things, how Jesus went through. The three days what Jesus went through, just like my daughter was uh, talking about, last Sunday was uh, uh, Palm Sunday, right? Jesus coming into Jerusalem by with a donkey, on a donkey, and everybody was there to greet him. And that was only, uh, what, six days after he was arrested. So, so um, because it just took me uh, into the Word so much when I was reading about this. And uh, it's very special what Jesus did. But, oh, just right where we can see another. But Jesus took a very horrible beating, horrible things he went through that we cannot imagine. And that's what I'm going to be talking about, is those three days that Jesus went through from Friday to Sunday. And that's what I want to be talking about today. So let's go in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, I come to you, Lord. Lord, I am just going to be talking about you, Father, Lord, your word, what you have done, Lord. Lord God, you sent your only son to die for us. Who does? Nobody can, Father, Lord. Only you can. Because you love your other children, that was us, Lord. You sent your only son to die for us. Even though he was innocent, he was put on the cross, Lord. He paid all the price that we were going to pay for Father, Lord, and, we, and, and 
coming back to you, Lord Jesus. We're giving you thanks today and celebrating, Lord Jesus, for what you have done for us, Lord. Today, I'll just be a voice for you, Father, Lord, and I'll be a speaker for you. I yield myself to you, Lord. I humble myself, Father, Lord, before you, Lord, that, Lord, to help me, Lord Jesus, to interpret this word, Father. I give you glory and honor, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, on the Jewish, the Jewish day begins in, in the evening at dawn, sundown. That's when the day begins, yeah. But here, yeah, a new day comes at midnight, you know. We, uh, midnight on the day, we call that like uh, tonight, midnight. It's going to be Monday morning, the middle day. But on Jewish time, hey, this evening, it's going to be Monday morning. Uh, I'll just say, like, this to say, use at 6 o'clock as our, you know, their time is the sundown. In other words, sundown again. So that's where their day starts. So to us, when Jesus, when they took you, when he was, uh, when he started at that sundown, is um, in Thursday at 6 o'clock, Shinada. And so that's when it's all these things started, okay? So right here, the scripture says that they have to choose uh, a scripture and make a decision, or, or they didn't correct it in that way, but it's just sundown. To us, to make it easier for us, I'll just say six o'clock, right? Because we go by the time, Ajiway, they look at the stars and the moon and the sun and all that. I'm not crying now, long. I used to go by that. That was our excuses for not going to church early a long time ago, but that's not the case here anymore. We all we don't have no sheep, so we don't have no excuse, right? <laughs> Some of you probably do, but I, I haven't I worship the Kanda, you know, but I don't have I don't have it. So so there's a there's that time that uh, Jesus started, uh, the Jewish people, the day starts in the evening. So it would have started Thursday at that, around uh, 6 o'clock it started, when all these things started to take place, okay? So we'll be talking about these three days. To me, it represents the death, the burial, and the resurrection. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. That's what it means to me. So there's three parts in this, the gospel. In uh, 1 Corinthians um, 15.3, it talks about where, here Paul says here, For I delivered to you first to all that which I also received. And these are the three parts of what we call the gospel. Because verse 1 of chapter 15 says that the, it's the gospel. It also called the good news uh, earlier, uh, Pedro said something, the good news is to share the word, to go bring out the word to the people, right? Right now, we're all of us, and uh, for me, I don't know how you're all doing, but I just assume that you are ministering out there the good news, just like I said that I had to minister in Walmart this week, you know, by meeting people over there, you know, so... When my family caught up with me, I still didn't have anything in my basket because they came over later and I still <laughs> didn't have anything in my shopping cart. It was just empty, but I was sharing the word of God in, in Walmart. 
and I just, uh, any opportunity is there, I will take it. Especially if they ask questions. Oh man, that just, it just you just go on with that. So, so these have three parts in it, where it's, it, it, it is the death, burial, and resurrection. So, yeah, it is called the good news. So here is a good news in verse uh, 3 that Christ died for our sin. So that's a good news. He died for our sin. That's good news. According to the scripture, in verse 4 it says that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day. According to the scripture, that's what it says. According to the third day, not Vietnam. It's not Vietnam. So these are the things how, what God is going to go through. So now we're going to talk about also why the Bible doesn't say that he died and rose again. Just does not say he died and he just rose again. But why being buried is important to us and why burial is important. All these things, what Jesus did and through these three days is very important to all of us. All of us, fashion and including to all mankind, is very important. Sean. The number one point is the first day. We're going to be talking about the first day by Yeshikidole. The first day, that's from Thursday up to uh, uh, Friday evening. Friday evening at 6 o'clock. Thank you, Joy. Ajay. That's what I'll be talking about, the Kai Kai. So, we're going to be talking about that first day. Remember, again, it starts at sundown. Remember, sundown, a Thursday night, is when Friday begins on the Jews. But ours don't start until midnight. Thursday night, early, uh, 12 a.m. I call under that. So, us, our American, is at midnight. A new day begins. So, the Jews at sundown, I want you to remember that. We're going back to Thursday, not the yeah. Thursday, yeah, down at 6 o'clock, I don't get started. All these things that will take place. So, when Jesus, he ate the Passover meal with his disciples, and we find that we, what he had uh, told them is, is he washed their feet before they ate the meal. And we find that he knew about the conversation in John, John 14, 15, 16. Then some say 17 too. But, um, but he prayed over them. Some say that was part of the prayer in the garden. Remember, he went to the garden of Gethsemane, right? He went there that evening after the, the dinner. So he, he told his disciples to come closer to them. And he told them to come closer. And he told them to wait when he went to get Gethsemane. And do you have the, the map on that one? You didn't get it? Okay. Anyway, the Gethsemane is down below. Jerusalem's up here. And, and that garden is down below. I'd say about a mile or a mile and a half or two. Uh, I've been to that place. I should have brought the pictures to show to you guys. And um, I just saw it from Anja where Jesus prayed that evening when he prayed uh, for, for us, for the world, 
and his disciples stayed behind. He told them to wait there while he went and prayed. When he went further into, into the, the woods. And then he comes back and he says to them, at one time, one of the time he said to, to stay awake. At least uh, you should stay awake for one hour. Right? But we know that at least one of those three, when he came back, he must have prayed for one hour, okay? But any other times, I don't know if he prayed one hour or he could have prayed more or less. But he, every time he comes back, his disciples, they, they knock off and sleep in that time. So it's after 6 o'clock, let's just say this, after 6 o'clock Thursday evening, when he was over there, after the Passover meal, and all those, when he washed their feet and then they ate with them, they went down there to, for him to pray. So he, when he was down there, he went to the disciple back and forth. Three times he did. But one of the times is that he told him that at least they should stay awake for at least pray with him for one hour. We know that one hour he prayed one, one hour. But the others we don't know. We don't expect ourselves in there. So these are happening. So the time when Jesus did this. So, uh, Paul, if these things that took place about what I'll be talking about, um, what Jesus did during that time of that weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it is very, very fast out of the non So the reason I'm telling you about this is because the exact hour he was arrested in the and nobody really knows that the hour when he was arrested, because while he was still down in the garden, you know, that's when Judas brought, you know, the soldiers over to betray Jesus. When he came back to his disciple right there. And um, I could have just imagined myself, because I know the place, I know where it's at. And I mean, a lot of those places or buildings are placed, but there's a part, the garden, on the Ahohot. And some of those trees that were there, uh, 2,000 years ago are still there and they're huge and Benkaman Jaga it just it just that feeling of presency of God's presence is there in heaven you just feel it although you know it, it, it just really humbles yourself because he was there you know sweating blood what he was going to face he knew what he was going to face and, and I know the, the disciple had probably really don't have any idea of what he was really doing. But now we know as us as people, So we don't know exactly uh, what hour he was arrested, this Jesus, our Jesus. But we know exactly when he was crucified, but not the exact hour he was arrested. But most believe it was around 12 o'clock, around there, or it could be 1 o'clock in the morning. To us, would be, you know, around there. So this is happening from sundown all the way to midnight. You know, these are happening. And so let's just say that he was arrested around 12 p.m. Another word, uh, be, to us, is we ate him. Around there, he was arrested. But we don't know how long he prayed. Sometimes around midnight. See, all that time, there's a six-hour gap between here. So it, it could have been 8.30 on that way he prayed. 
until close to 11, 10, 11, he comes back, and then he got arrested when Judas Iscariot um, um, betrayed him. And all these were going on. But Jesus knew, knew the thousand the soldiers will be coming. Because the Jerusalem is way up there, but I think they have to come down, then cross and get to the garden. So to get to the garden is kind of down again. So they had to arrest him. I don't think they put they brought him back all the way to the the eastern wall, was it the eastern gate? They came through there. And I had a map on it where where they let him. So all this is a at 10 or 11 p.m. Uh, when he finished praying and then around midnight he was arrested and we know that 9 o'clock a.m. he was crucified. Okay? 9 o'clock a.m. he was crucified. So from around midnight to 8.30 a.m. that what people don't know is they, they went through six trials. Jesus went through He went through six trials between midnight to let's just say eight o'clock or eight thirty, because at nine o'clock they crucified him on the on the on the cross. But then remember this: another part that screws him is uh, where he was, you know, quit. Uh, that part is very painful. And I will be talking deeply into. So he was crucified. We know that in the Bible it talks about it at nine o'clock. From around midnight, eight thirty to eight o'clock to eight thirty, maybe. This uh, he was he was how do you call it? Cesation. Uh, Pedro, I told you to look up for it. <laughs> Scorching. Scorching. Yeah. And um. That's a that's a punishment a punishment on the whipping, the lashes that Jesus took, and it had to happen between nine o'clock and well, it can't be close to midnight because he had six trials, right? There's three Jewish trials he went through, and three uh, Roman Roman trials he went through. So when the Romans, he went through it. If you want to talk about a quick uh, legal process, this was a quick one. And it happened at night, after midnight, don't? So they had to bring him, walk him back all the way to the eastern gate, into where the, the Jerusalem, they had to, that gate is all enclosed, it's blocked out today. It's blocked out. We can't enter from there, that side. There's a lot of other stores, but not And there's graveside on the other side. Now, at that time, it, they, they had no graveside. But there's a story behind that. I'm not going to go into that, why they did that. I think those are the Palestinians that did that because they know Jesus is coming back sometime. And they don't want him to come back. So that's the story. But I'm not going to go into that. It's too much to talk about. So, now he had uh, three, three times the Jews 
trial that took place with Jesus. And that was a quick trial between, let's just say, 12 o'clock, and he made it back up there by 1 o'clock, and then he went through trials, Jewish and Roman trials, all that morning, let's just say up to about, um, it must have been, because that's six, nine, nine hours from 12, eight hours, one hour, we take that away, traveling back, and, and then he had to carry the cross to Golgotha, not too far from there, and he had to drag that cross. So let's just take an hour, two hours out of that nine hours. So he had to be scourged somewhere in there, and that scourge could have been taken two hours. So in five hours, or four to five hours, he had six trials. So one of the trials is that he was tried by the and Ananias, not Ananias, Annas, and Cryphus, and the same sigil. And Ananias and Cyprus is the father-in-law to Ananias. And the Sanhedrin was a council of three, 23 judges. Like for us will be like the Supreme Court, right? Those are the, three, the 23 judges that Sanhedrin are. So they overlooked that, uh, the Jewish trial. So, so the small little case that were appealed, they were appealed to the Sanhedrin, to the council of just 23 judges. He was tried by Ananas and Caiaphas and the same sigil. Then he, and then somewhere around 6 a.m. about the time the sun came up, they went to Pilate. Pilate heard that he was a Galilean and sent him to, to Herod instead. Pilate, instead of, you know, find out he's a Galilean, so he sent him to uh, Herod. And all these things have uh, around there within, I don't know how many thousand feet across. And Harriet then sent him back to Pilate and he tried again. See, Pilate uh, tried Jesus two times and both of those trials he did, he found him not guilty. All the Roman uh, trials they made, they, they called him innocent. So twice by Pilate and one by Herod. So the three of them, by three Jews' trials, and he was found guilty of blasphemy. And one of the reasons was because Caiaphas said to him, this I want to use in the New King James uh, word. He says, here he says that I adjure you. I adjure you means I command you. When, I, when, the, uh, when the judge say I adjure you, he says, I command you, you by the living God, see, by the living God, he says, by the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah. See, all this time, Jesus never said anything. He just silent himself. And then, uh, then he said that, then Jesus had to speak up. So when he commanded him, Jesus was commanded by the living God, you tell us, but don't need. 
Are you the Messiah? Jesus had to say then. That's when he spoke and he said, It is as you say. That's who it is. And so when they said, We don't know, we don't need to hear anymore. See, as long that's all they needed. That's all they needed is that he needed to say it. So that's a be blasphemy, but don't need. These are his own people. So in the three Roman trials, he was found innocent. He was found innocent. And Pilate even made a statement that uh, that very famous today is, I find no fault in him. You know, how many times did we have read that or somebody ministering saying that I, I found no fault in him? That's the famous word today. The state, the, this statement, the first third trial, third Roman trials, and the two trials are by Pilate. Remember, one is Herod. But they found him all innocent. He had, didn't do nothing wrong. He was innocent, which was true. But the religious part of it, eh, yeah, they, they said they blasphemed him. He's because he called himself God. Because he said that he's a Messiah. He is blindfolded. Now, he is blindfolded. Jesus was blindfolded. And then they spat on him. Of course, his hand was cut. The crown, they put the crown of thorn on him. And they, and they put a purple robe. Remember you guys just sang that song? The Navajo. And on him, they hit him. They struck him. And they, they used their fists. They hit him. While he was being uh, uh, during the trials, and then they even plucked his beard. They just grabbed him, you know, yanked it out. That's what they were doing to him. And then they beat him. Whoever, when they were leading him, anybody that standing there hit him, spat on him, slapped him, kicked him, and they did all these things. We know that Pilate's soldiers and Herod's soldiers and the Jewish soldiers, soldiers and, and other soldiers, they all did that, beat him on him. They, they, they threw things at him. He was physically beaten, and at least three times we know by the scourging. And remember also that he hasn't eaten through the whole day after that, the Last Supper. He hasn't eaten, he hasn't rested, he hasn't slept. He hasn't rested any time when this thing took place. And from the garden back to Jerusalem where the, the city is, it's uphill. Tzedka, <laughs> it's uphill. Some of us, uh, we probably haven't even crawled that uh, Twin Peaks yet, you know? So it, it, it is, it is kind of, Way up there, but this one, P.S. But it's not that that much, but it's way up there. When you go to Jerusalem, this is really uh, rocky. What's all Tzenhaden limestone? So he hasn't eat, no food, nothing, no water. He hasn't drink anything. So we have to understand this because we won't be talking about detail into scourging. Scourging is a word that we don't use in our country here. We don't use that at all. We think we got spanked when we were born in school. That is nothing. Because you can put a full uh, piece of paper or you know your homework stick like sticking out. When they whack you, they hit that. 
but that whoever the structural aid there thinks they oh they got oh just don't have to chat just to so Vincent Law and uh, she can they clone though not they did because they know what to do. Uh, she and the LF not so um what it doesn't hurt, you know. There's a there's a blocker there. But it doesn't hurt. So, but that's what we used to do when we were in boarding school. That's you learned that in boarding school. <laughs> but you know, it is painful. Scorching is really something that uh, when I was reading on this, study on this, is just kind of like sometimes it tears me. I cannot, you know, oh, levity going to, oh man, it's, it, is, it is rough. So, they started all this on, the, on Friday evening, or uh, Friday morning, in other words, Thursday evening to us. In John 19.1, John 19.1, it says that uh, the third tribe by Pilate. So then Pilate took Jesus and scorched him. And he's going to into details in scorching here. I'm going to, to do the scorching. And the soldier twisted a crown on a thorn and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe too. Because he's because he called himself the king, the Messiah. Then they said, Hell King of the Jews. And they struck him with their hands and fists. In other words, that's fists. Verse 4 says, Pilate then went out again and said to them, again, meaning this is the second time that he, he, he called them innocent, and saying, and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no fault in him. Now, even though he will scourge you because the, 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 the Jewish people tell him that he has to do that. He has to keep his word according to the other teachers by the Jews. Jesus was the only one in history that I know that, that I know was scourged and crucified. But most, most of them, I found out they don't, they don't do either, you know, it's one or the other. But right now, what I know is Jesus was the only one that was scourged. Because scourging is very horrible as it is uh, in the book or journal of American Medical Association, not coming from the Christian uh, publication, but this is from uh, the Journal of uh, American Medical Association took a study on this. So the Roman professionals at uh, uh, scourging, they took special delight in the fact that they were the best of punishment, a victim, that this brutal act, once the victim was harnessed to the post. So, so this Roman soldier, well, I, I missed the page, let me look at this. Um, according to the American Association, like I said, as a as historical document, other historical document of the day, that day when Jesus was crucified and scourged, as a, it is called the physical death of Jesus. 
It is on the physical death of Jesus that they, they uh, study on it. Do you have the graphic? The back. So, right here, Journal of American Medical Association, the physical death of Jesus. Uh, so, I want to talk about what Rick Renner says. I don't know if anybody knows Rick Renner. And um, he's one of the scholars. He wrote some of the book called The Sparkling Gem. He is a Greek scholar. And he's a foremost Greek scholar in the world today. And I happen to know him. We were over in Tulsa. We ran into him. He was a pastor over in Russia for several, I don't know how many years. But he was living in Tulsa. And then he moved up there. I think he moved back now. But... Uh, but all these things are happening over there. But he's a, uh, a scholar. So I want to read what he wrote about this, that the word scourge. See right here, I, I, I look at, I brought this up to, to show what uh, we really don't know about how they, they a scourge it is. See, they, they hang a man, there's a ring here and a ring on his wrist right here. Uh, the, the medical uh, association, uh, American association, they did a study on this. Is, this is what they come up with, what the Roman scourging is. And, and they make the, a person hang like this. This is very hard when your hand is like this. You cannot, you know, you can't really move around at all. And these are the whip with bones, sharp bones, metals at the tip. So all these things when a Roman whips like this, this whip from this side is to stand, a Roman standing on this side. When they whip like this, come and pulls it back out. And this side, the Rome, there's two, two soldiers, and he whips and hooks the body, pulls, drags it back out, and it, it just... It just tears up everything in the flesh. So, let me read this. I'll try to read this. The word scourging was one of the most horrific words used in the ancient world when the decision was made to scourge an individual. This is what Ren wrote in the scholar. The victim was first stripped of the entire was first stripped so his entire flesh would be open and uncovered. Then the victim's hands were tied over his head to a scourging post, and his wrists were secured uh, in shackles in, in the metal ring to, to restrain his body for movement. When in these locked positions, the victim could not wiggle or move at all to avoid a drag any of his lashes. So he can't move away from these lashes. You, you can't move. Romans were professional at these scourging. They took special delight in the fact that they were the best of punishment, a, punishing a victim. With this brutal act, once the victim was 
harnessed to the post. You can see that right here. When he is put on there, the Roman soldiers began to put him through unimaginable torture. One writer of the day at that time it says that this is a uh, historical of the day. He thought noted that mere anticipation of the first blow and he talking about a scourging that he saw saw would cause the victim body to grow rigid, the muscle not in his stomach, the collar to drain from his cheek, and his lip to draw tightly against his teeth as he waited for the first uh, uh, blow. That would begin to tear open his body. See, it will tear open your body. The scourge itself consisted of his short wooden handle with several 18-inch to 24-inch strap of leather. The ends of these pieces of leathers were equipped with sharp, uh, rugged pieces of metal, wires, glass, and jagged fragments of bones. And um, this was considered to be one of the most feared and deadly weapons. On the Roman world, of the Roman world, it was so horrific that he mere uh, uh, treat or so threat of scourging could come and the entire crowd are being the will of the strongest rebel. Most often two soldiers would carry out the punishment simultaneously lashing the victim from both sides every time the torture struck the victim. The strap of leather attached to the wooden handle would cause multiple lashes as the pieces of metal, glass, wires, and bone sank into the, his flesh and then raked across his vic uh, the victim's body. So, and um, then the soldier would jerk back the scorched pulley, hard in order to tear uh, pieces of human flesh from the body. The victim's leg, stomach, upper chest, and face would soon be disfigured by the slashing blow of the whip. Historical record of that day, that day, Describe one victim back as being so mutilated after Roman scourging that it has his spine was actually exposed. Another record recorded how the bowels of the victim spilled out uh, through the, the opening wounds created by the whip. If the scourging wasn't stopped, the slices of the whip would eventually uh, flake, uh, flare the victim's flesh completely off the, his body. So in other words, he is washing the hand. Hanteho. Then he kaiyistra the whip is in the flesh. You know, he kaiyistra. You know, he changed his hand to do his blood. Oh, he has to do his blood. 
with so many blood vessels sliced open by the whip, the victim would begin to experience profuse loss of blood and bodily fluid. Because of the massive loss of bodily fluid, he would experience excruciating thirst often, fainting from the pain and eventually going to shock. Um, the victim's heartbeat would become so irregularly that he would go and into a cardiac arrest. This was not a Jewish scourging. This was a Roman scourging. According to the Jewish law, the Jews were permitted to give 40 lashes to a victim. Many people have said that this, these many times to Jesus received nine, uh, 39 lashes. But this is not uh, true though. Because, because this is the reason that, that Jews were permitted. This is in the scriptures and the law to give 40 lashes, but that's been changed to a victim. But because the 40 lashes usually proves fatal, the number of lashes given was reduced to 39. 39 lashes. As Paul writes here in 2 Corinthians, that again as a Jew scourging, this was not a Jew scourging, but the Roman had no limit to the number of lashes. There was no limit to the, to the Roman. If they could give to a victim, and the scourging Jesus experienced was at the hands of the Romans, okay? Therefore, it is entirely possible that when the soldiers pull out his scourge his to beat Jesus, it may have been laid more than 40 lashes across his body. The New Testament does not tell us what Jesus took, looked like after this. After the scourging. Now, in Isaiah, many, many were amazed when they saw him. His face, in Isaiah um, 52, 14, on the initial. But many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, man. It seems hardly human. And from his appearance, one would uh, scarcely know he was a man, man. And seeing many were horrified at what happened to him. But everyone who saw him was even more horrified because he suffered until he no longer looked like human. So that was in the Bible. That, that's the scourging that Jesus endured for us, family. This is what he took. They took him there from the scourging, which again is he's the only one that I know, that I know, and crucified. In John 19:3, I mean 19:31 to 34 says, therefore, because it was the preparation day that the body should not remain on the cross on the seventh, for the seventh was the high day. Remember, the seventh is a rest day. 
according to Jews, you can't work, right? So the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they may might be taken away. See, um, well, let me, let me read this. Then the soldier came and broke the legs of the first and the other who was crucified with him. Verse 33 says, But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his leg. Verse 34, But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. This is what happened to the Lord. In other words, how, how he went through this suffering with pain, you can read on, the, on this in, in the Journal of American Medical uh, Association. If you want to look at it and read on it, you can look on there. So it explains all these things. So we know that the seventh day, the Sabbath day is coming out approaching on that Friday evening at 6 o'clock. And the Jewish people cannot work after that. They have to rest. So by 9 to 3 o'clock, when he was taken down, he must have suffered from 6 hours, 6 hours, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 6 hours. Like, and they had to, another 3 hours, they had to bring him down. But if he was still living, they had to break the leg so they could die. And I'll tell you what, why they had to break the leg and why a person is going to die in that way. So let's go to John 19, 36 and 37. Right here it says, For these things were done that the scriptures should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. This is uh, prophecy being fulfilled. Remember? He talked about this in the Old Testament too. Verse 37 says, And again, another Scripture says, they shall look on him whom they pierce. This is what John talking about. So there was 53 prophecies, prophecies uh, that was given. And then one third of that prophecy was fulfilled that day. It took place that day, Friday, on the first day that uh, one-third of that 53 prophecy that was foretold way back was fulfilled that day. In Psalms 23, the Old Testament, verse 1, uh, Jesus said on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me, Leah? That was, that was way back in the Old Testament when he talked about. And then in Psalms 22:16, They pierced my hand and my feet, that was also the prophecy way back before that. And then in Psalm 22, 18, they divided my garment among them, and for my cloak they cast lot me up. Now, the next one I'm going to read, the next uh, uh, Messianic, is that Messianic uh, prophecy? Messianic uh, prophecies. Uh, there's going to be three prophecies going to be fulfilled in this one. And here in um, in Isaiah 50 verse 6 not a nation but 
was fulfilled here. Three prophecies that was fulfilled. And I give my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who plucked out my beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. So you read this uh, crucifixion in the gospel, you will see that they spat on him too. And they did all these things. And the word excruciating comes from the Latin word crucified. It's come together. Crucified means to fasten someone to a cross. And then uh, some, someone would endure who is fastened to the cross. So they drove nails in his wrists. Do you have that? And in his feet, they used to put it in his hand until about 30, uh, uh, the year 30, year B.C., they changed that. They used to put it, you know, when they nailed somebody to the cross, they used to put it in here. By 30 B.C., before Christ, they changed it because they found out this was weak. To be nailed to the cross like this, a person can fall off. And so they changed it in 30 B.C. And when they did, they started doing it. When Jesus was crucified, they nailed him right here in the wrist. This is according to American Journal Medical Association, you know, stating on Jesus' death crucified. And they say that right here, see that they, they did this medical according to the metal, if it was going to be like this. See, when they put him in there in this, this spot where there's an opening, then they stretch him out and they put him there and hang him. So, because of the carnage is weak here, and between the two bones is where he, they put him. There's one spike in his feet. In other words, there's one spike into the feet. It's not like there's two spikes. And there's no platform on the cross. You know, you see some that... Uh, you see pictures, they have a platform or, you know, some, something that he can stand on. But according to the journal, there's none. His feet was put together like this and nailed. So he had to be like this. Do you have that? Do you have that on the feet? See, right here. That's where they nailed him. So it'll be between your big toes and the next one between. So he has to, his weight will be on there plus his wrist. That's how he was hanging in that position. So, and then another thing is, when a person hanging like this in this position, a person can inhale Remember, he was slashed from the back too. All the body in his spine was showing. And, and he's hanging like this, you know. And then um, when a person hanging like that, a person can inhale. But with hanging with all the, the pressure that's going down your body, you have to lift yourself up 
to exhale. The air goes in, but it can't come out. You can't, you can't say that. You have to lift yourself back up to exhale. So it just tells me, when I saw this, Jesus hanging like that, exhaling for six hours on the cross before he said it was finished. You know, that was hard for me to take to see somebody. We went through some things in COVID-19. We couldn't breathe. And I was, I was just like a baby probably. Sucking for air, even though the air was right there. Jesus in hell, I can't tell. And he was tortured. Other things that, that we need to know is that every time he breathed, for six hours, he was crucified at nine, and he died at 3 p.m. That is six hours in the afternoon Friday. So when they came to him to break his leg, remember I read earlier, he said that he was already dead. But the Bible also prophesied that they were not going to break his bone. It's not going to happen. But a, a, a soldier took a spear and pierced his his side because blood and water came out now. According to the journal to American Medical Association, they believe that the spear entered from the right side in here and went through the lungs and then it, it pierced the heart. Okay? And because blood and water came out, this is what the American doctor said. I guess that's what happens. The cause of death the physical death of Jesus, this is what they came up with. This is what the report says. Jesus died of cardiac rapture, not cardiac arrest. Cardiac rapture, in other words, his heart would burst. He died of burst heart because he, he inhaled, but he can't exhale. And so air just building up. You know, so his heart had to burst this whoosh. That is what he died of. His heart broke. But because of that, blood and water came out. Now, that was the first day. So, in other words, you think about it, Jesus died of heartbroken. Heartbroken for his children. Wants to save his children. What they have done to him. He was heartbroken by that. That's what he died from. It was very important. But he buried on Friday. Before the sun goes down. That is why they wanted to break his leg. So he could die sooner. Faster. Because another three hours. Is, is another day coming up. The seventh day. The seventh day you can't work. So the others they broke their legs. But they didn't do it to Jesus because he was already gone. Because he said it was finished. And then when he some say they let up he took his last breath and let it out, Danitia. But according to the miracle, he inhaled that's it. He was hard. 
This is what a lot of people misses when you were baptized. You were buried with Christ when you were baptized. Now, that was the to the second day. Let's go to the second day here. That was the second day represents. Now we'll go to the third day, which is resurrection. 